Greetings, you are now in tune with the Talkin' Reggae Podcast. I am your host, Jay, from Street Level Uprising. Once upon a time, a very long, 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 long time ago, there was this college freshman who was really into Bad Brains, among other bands, but really into Bad Brains. Well, this young man, he met another man at college who said, Hey, are you a Bad, ba- you're a bad Brains fan? The college freshman said, yeah. And this other man said, well, I'm pretty tight with their guitar player. They're on tour right now. When they come down, let's go see them. We'll go backstage. We'll hang out with them. And this 18-year-old freshman was like, wow, this is amazing. I'm going to go get to meet Bad Brains, one of my top five favorite bands. Now, unfortunately, Bad Brains was out on tour. They were forced to end the tour, broke up for several years, and that poor college freshman never did get to go see Bad Brains, go hang out backstage with them, go meet them. Now, by now, you may have guessed that this young, poor college freshman was me. And that is accurate. I'm Jay. Welcome to Reggae Bridge. This really happened to me. So, you know, back then... I was real into Bad Brains, I was real into Bob Marley's Steel Pulse, and told a story last season about getting into The Clash. I got into The Clash through their reggae tunes, and then started digging on punk, and Bad Brains was the same thing. I dug their, you know, I I was tipped to their reggae tunes, and then got into their punk. They were one of my favorite bands back then. Uh, Other bands I was into was like Fishbone, Living Color. So I did like some rock and stuff, and I did like some punk. But got into Bad Brains through the album God of Love, and really dug them. Really would have been cool to meet them, see them. And what happened at that time was right here in Lawrence, Kansas. And I was living in South Florida at the time. Then right here in Lawrence, Kansas, that year. They roll into the bottleneck, a place street level has played many times. Love the bottleneck, the, the, the legendary bottleneck. And uh, the lead singer of Bad Brains, HR, beat a dude who was in the front row, beat him with a microphone stand. Um, thought maybe he had seen a gun. People reported that this guy was um, abusing his girlfriend, so HR interceded. Whatever the case happened, I didn't get to see them on that tour. It affected me ever since. But really, I've been a fan of Bad Brains before them, since then, to this day. So I wanted to talk about Bad Brains, mostly because I just watched the documentary, which came out a few years ago, Finding Joseph I, which is about HR, the, the lead vocalist of Bad Brains. And I'd read the book version, which was different, but I read a book version a while back, because I love to read. I just saw this documentary, and I said, man, you know, I always like mixing in eclectic artists and, and artists who, whether you want to call it on the fringes of reggae or affect things obliquely or are very influential. I thought, man, let me, let me do that. Let me talk about Bad Brains. I know Bad Brains is mostly known 
for punk. A lot of people think uh, they started hardcore music, although the members of the band don't really like the term hardcore music. So, you know, hardcore punk, whatever you want to call it. So that's that's not how how they would do it. So whatever you want to call it. Very interesting band. And whether they were playing punk or reggae or they played some funky stuff, Rastafari was is always at the forefront of what they do. Let's go back now. Let's talk about Bad Brains. Bad Brains formed in 1976 in Washington, D.C. under the name Mind Power. The musicians in Bad Brains, initially they were digging on wanting to be like a jazz fusion band. So if you know like uh, Mahavishnu Orchestra or Return to Forever, they were into that sort of stuff in the 70s. And got tuned into like the Sex Pistols, the Ramones, uh, Dead Boys, and uh, the Dickies, and started digging punk and said, well, you know, let's do this. And then they saw Bob Marley and they're like, you know, let's inter- you know, integrate all this stuff into our music. So playing a lot of gigs. And the heart of everything Bad Brains was doing was PMA, Positive Mental Attitude. And this was sending like a big positive attitude thing through the punk movement. And they were very influential to other bands like um, Minor Threat, <clears throat> who also came out. They came out of New York, not... Well, they were playing in New York, not... Eh, right around the same time, maybe a little bit after Bad Brains. But Bad Brains was unique because they played more aggressive than most punk bands. They played faster than most punk bands. But they are also doing this reggae thing. And... What's always been cool about Bad Brains to me is they've got their punk tunes, they've got their reggae tunes, but they don't mix. They don't do this thing where, like, they're going to jump from this fast punk to a laid-back reggae groove in the same song and then back again. I love that they always keep it separate. So they release a cassette in 1982, self-titled, call it the Yellow Tape, or uh, it's, it's available on cassette only. And some great tunes on there. The year later, uh, 1983, Rock for Light. 1986, Eye Against Eye. So they're, they're getting these three albums within this four-year span, three, four-year span there. And then things start to get a little bit shaky with HR. And HR, lead singer, Bad Brains. Uh, HR, stand, they said it used to stand for Hunting Rod because it used to carry a stick around every, everywhere, but... Then it became human rights. So HR stands for human rights. Now around that time, HR started a band. I think it was 84 he started a band um, called Human Rights. So it wasn't that long. Bad Brains had been doing their thing for a while. They were, you know, they were one of the hottest live bands in D.C. in the late 70s. And actually kind of got blackballed by a, or, or, or you know, they say band. It's not really band. It's more of a... Uh, like a conspiracy to keep them from playing these clubs in D.C. Because uh, it was just, you know, it was this punk backlash. It was just, I don't know, too loud, too aggressive, too, uh, you know, people thinking there was going to be violence or whatever, whatever. Right? So, but around 84, HR was like, I don't really want to do this anymore. I've devoted my life to Rastafari. He's reading his Bible all the time, and he just wanted to play reggae music, so he starts Human Rights. But he's still, still there with Bad Brains, although what you'll find between HR and Bad Brains over the years is he leaves 
for a few years, he comes back. He leaves for a few years, he comes back, and there's kind of this pattern, right? So, 1986, the Eye Against Eye album comes out. They do the tour. And HR says, you know, I'm out. Let me do this thing. But 89, they start to record this album with a new singer. And the HR comes back and says, no, I'll do it. Re-records all the vocals on the album. They go out. And then he splits again. 1993, they record the album Rise. This time with a different lead singer, Israel Joseph I. But by 95, two years later, HR is back again. They record God of Love, which again is around the time that I got into Bad Brains. Now, then they, they were all kind of done with Bad Brains for a few years after the incident at the Bottleneck in Lawrence, Kansas that I spoke about at the top of this recording. Or this live. It's not a recording. It's live. We're live. So they all kind of split after that. And then HR comes back around a few years later and goes, let's put this back together, but I don't li- bad brain sounds negative. So they changed the name to Soul Brains. And there was Soul Brains for just a few years. And the HR left again. 2002, Bad Brains comes out with the I and I Survived album, which is mostly instrumental. HR comes back for 2007, Build a Nation, which is also a really great album. I think he did that one. I think they did that with uh, Rick Ocasek, who had produced album, an album for them way back. And so it was like kind of coming back around with him, which was cool too. And that was a good album. Build a Nation's a good album. Uh, 2012, they came out with Into the Future. Now, through all this time, HR was doing the Human Rights Band, which was just straight reggae, really. Didn't have any of the that that hard punk sound. He just got less and less interested in that over the years. Didn't really want to do that. But from 1985, when It's About Love came out, which was Human Rights' first album, and they did like an almost an album a year for like five, six, seven years, something like that. And then there were breaks in his recording too. Um, right up until Give Thanks came out in 2019. So he's been doing that the whole time while Bad Brains is kind of coming and going. Bad Brains has had a lot of health problems over the years. Um, guitar player, Dr. No, he, he had some real rough times a few years ago. Uh, this is a band that never made a, a, a huge amount of money. A lot of times they'd be just on the brink of a really big signing and HR would refuse to do it. And with HR, I'm, he's been diagnosed as schizophrenic. And his friends and colleagues would tell you that he's been dealing with issues for most of the career. And recently started medication that's, that's helping him. But the pattern with HR is there's bad brains, and then there's not, and then there is, and there's not. He's done collaborations with Long Beach Dub All-Stars, um, P.O.D. Hugely influential. He's... I look at Bad Brains the way I look at Fishbone, which is like this band that's been around for a really long time that was really influential, and you can name dozens of artists who owe so much of them, including Street Level Uprising. And yet they never really got that huge status that a lot of the other bands who looked up to them, who learned from them did. 
And part of it is just because the way things went with HR. Super creative guy. Absolutely legendary. His voice, he, he can do things with his voice that, that no one can do. Or he can sing really soulfully and, and everything in between. Key tracks from Bad Brains. Now, let's do key reggae tracks from Bad Brains, right? Let's just stick to the reggae and then I'll mention a few uh, my favorite punk tunes. And let's just start Leaving Babylon, which was on their first tape. Long Time, Overs the Water, Big Fun. All those are from the God of Love album, which is how I was initially introduced to them. And you know that I always pick my, some of my favorite tracks, not necessarily the ones that are their consensus best or anything. But uh, Natty Dreadlocks, On the Mountaintop, Roll On, and Peace Be Unto Thee. Those were all from Build a Nation. The I and I Survived album in 2002. There's a lot of dub on there, so there's a lot of cool like instrumental dub tracks to check out on there. But those are some of their key reggae tunes. For punk tunes, I mean, you go, you can go way back to Sailing On and um, Pay to Come, which at the time, at least, was was you know thought to be the fastest song, like just the fastest song in existence. Um, Band in DC, which was a, a tune about how they were getting blacklisted in in DC, uh, their hometown. So there's there's. There's just a lot of great music. And if, and if you like all kinds of different music, if you like punk and you like reggae, I mean, Bad Brains is a good place for you to be. So that's Bad Brains. And yeah, check out the documentary. Um, what I say? It's called Searching for Joseph I. Something like that. I've already, I've already, it's already slipped my mind. So the other artist I want to cover tonight, complete departure, but the other artist I want to cover tonight on Reggae Bridge Miss Tanya Stevens. Now, Tanya Stevens, I got into in 2006 when Revolution came out. Not the band Revolution, the album Revolution by Tanya Stevens. I was doing a lot of traveling at the time. I was over in Hong Kong a lot. And that's when I think of that album, I think of my time in Hong Kong. It was one of the soundtrack albums. Like Welcome to Jam Rock was one of the soundtrack albums that for me. Um, and this was one too. Tiny Stevens started recording in the early 90s, early to mid-90s, I guess. Came out with her debut album, Big Things Are Guan, 1994. 1996, yeah, 96, you know, ready for this. Came out in 1996. That's the track that put Tiny Stevens kind of on the map. It was like, people knew who she was now, right? 97, the album, two albums, really. Two Hype, Workout. 1998, Rough Rider. Um, she went to Sweden after that. In 2001, did kind of a, a, like a pop album called Syntoxication. Came back to Jamaica, released the Gangsta Blues album, 2004. Now, here's where she really started hitting it. Because those two next albums there, uh, Gangsta Blues, 2004, Revolution, 2006. Those are really powerful albums, really powerful times for Tanya Stevens. She had a massive hit with These Streets, which was all over the place. Any place that played reggae, Caribbean music, These Streets was just killing it back in 2006. 
2010, she go, comes out with uh, Infallible. And 2013, Guilty. So, and the, the cool thing for me about Tiny Steve is a couple things. First, her vibes are all over. There's, there's some more dance. There's, you know, electronic dance hall type stuff in there. There's more root stuff in there. And there's a lot where she's just like, like a cool, like acoustic guitar lick that she's singing over. Her vocals are very aggressive. I like that a lot. I like what she talks about. She started off with kind of the, the traditional 90s dance hall themes in her music, right? But then she started migrating. Some of that stuff was still in there. But she kind of got to where she was doing a lot more social consciousness. So early on, she was kind of a lady saw, lyrically. But then started opening it up and going a lot farther into the social issues. I especially like that she's critical of the lyrical themes in the dance hall and trying to have positivity, trying to... She's very... Uh, uh, she's outspoken against homophobia, which is really nice to see. Um, there's a lot of times that doesn't get a ton of support among a lot of artists, so it's really cool that she's very outspoken about fighting against homophobia and, you know, tolerance, people moving on, people being able to accept people for who they are, right? That's a, that's a big deal, and I always appreciate any artist who goes that way, because they don't have to, because there's no artist who has to do that. You could write love songs, songs about weed, whatever. You could write that all day long. And no one's going to say anything to you. No one's going to say, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Because everybody does love songs, party songs. So what's the big deal, right? And outside of that, they don't even have to say much. They don't even have to say much outside of their music. They don't have to stand up for much. Occasionally, there will be some pressure to stand up for some cause or another. But most artists, they don't, they don't deal with a lot of that. And you can take a lot of heat for speaking your mind, for standing up what, what you feel is right. Standing up for the LGBT plus community. Standing up for people of color. That's a big deal. Anyone who does any of that stuff, in or outside of their music, to make themselves... It's not about making yourself heard. It's about making yourself counted. Because everything needs numbers. The only way anything ever changes is numbers. So speaking out, it's not about making your voice heard. It's not about trying to be a leader. It's not, not about trying to be a savior. It's just about being counted. I'm just one more person who feels some stuff needs to change. So, always makes me proud when any artist does that. That includes Tanya Stevens. How about some key tracks from Tanya Stevens? I mentioned, uh, you know, Ready for This yet. Yeah, that was tune to put her on the map. These Streets, still, uh, they, you know, 
One of the two biggest tunes, that and It's a Pity, and It's a Pity is another great tune. That one and, and the other two I've mentioned probably are three biggest tunes, but some other ones that, are, that I really like, like uh, Can't Breathe, What a Day, Handle the Ride, To the Rescue. A lot of love songs, a lot of, um, she can be graphic. Uh, Tanya Stevens can be graphic in her, in her lyrics, but I dig that too because there's a rawness. There's a rawness and a passion in what she's saying. And it, it, and, and it comes off not as like a, a bragging or even a lustful thing. It, it, it's, like a, it's like a teacher, like a professor. Like Professor Tanya Stevens would be, um, that's it's a, a perfect title, I think. Um, but I love her music. I love her message. And I love that she's still out there doing her thing, like so many other artists. I'm going to wrap it up now, because I've said enough. I have been Jay, and I will continue to be Jay. This is Reggae Bridge. One love. Want to know more about Street Level Uprising or keep up with my goofiness? Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If you dug Reggae Bridge and want to watch it happen live, check out Facebook or Instagram Tuesday evenings at 8 Eastern, 7 Central. Did you know that you could get our dub EP absolutely free? Just go to streetleveluprising.com slash seven. That's the number seven. This EP is not available anywhere else. You won't hear it on Spotify. You won't be able to buy it on CD at one of our shows. This EP is just to thank you for your support and features dub versions of seven Street Level Uprising tunes. Check us out on Spotify or Apple Music to hear all three of our studio albums. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Talkin' Reggae. I hope you've enjoyed it and we'll talk again soon.